Hi, I'm Sean L. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Lance Reddick stars as Renzo, an egotistical human warrior who has liberated the planet Farzar from evil aliens. It's all part of the new Netflix sci-fi animated comedy series, Farzar, created by Roger Black and Waco O'Gwin, whose previous animated projects include Brickleberry and Paradise PD. Black and O'Gwin have been making outrageous comedy since meeting in college at the University of Georgia, and I spoke with them about their journey from Yucko the Clown on Howard Stern to animation and with Reddick about pivoting from prestige TV to prank comedy. If you like this conversation, please consider subscribing to my Substack called Piffany at piffany.substack.com so you can read bonus commentary on this episode as well as more comedy news and insights. Thanks in advance, and now that that's out of the way, let's get to it! Okay, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, guys, uh, last things first uh, with Farzar. Is Farzar part of the Yucko the Clown cinematic universe? Yucko the Clown. <laughs> no, it's more the Brickleberry. Like, this is our third animated show. So right. Super excited. We, we love the animated world. It's just like we built it from, from Brickleberry. We started with a national park. Then we went to like a... Uh, ensemble kind of workplace and now the ultimate dream is working in space because we've always wanted to do a sci-fi show because we're huge sci-fi nerds and fans of that and he-man as well we grew up on all the cartoons in the 80s and everything Mm -hmm. so so there is a natural through line through all of your animated projects is what you're telling me yeah yeah i mean like we uh we a lot of times we use a, a lot of the same cast and in, in, in everything too because we get such a shorthand of working with them for so, with so for so long. So then, how does how does Lance Reddick enter the picture? Lance is a, a gingerly. gingerly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Lance, your resume is like, I mean, I could talk to you individually for hours. The wire. I- but then, of course, you've been a stalwart fixture in genre series and movies. What drew you to to Farzar and in and these two guys specifically? Well, I, we worked together on Paradise PD, so they had written a role that was that was kind of kind of send up of it was a cross between the character I played on French and, and uh, Lieutenant Daniels in The Wire. And so I was so so we knew each other, and so I, I already knew I had some idea what I was getting into in terms of their style of humor. Uh, and then when this came up, they just called me up and said, hey, man, we wrote this character with you in mind. Please do it. And I was like, uh, OK. <laughs> so how did you how did you first get hooked up with them for for Paradise PD then? I had watched The Wire in between season one and season two of Paradise. I'd watched The Wire and I loved Lance's character and just wanted to write ridiculous stuff for that for that actor to say. And then. We just went through your agent on that one, and we just yeah. we were so happy when you, you accepted. Uh, we, we've had a blast working with Lance. Lance, what did it take to convince you to work with with, with these guys? Oh, uh, they bribed me. 
Yeah. Uh, well, which, 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 which project? Well, I mean, you you got suckered in through Paradise, and then yeah, 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 yeah from yeah, Paradise, yeah. you have far as are now. Yeah, yeah. But and then it was just like, oh yeah, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. But especially to say whenever you say to an actor, it's the lead. They're like, the what? The lead? What? The lead? Okay. So <laughs> thing is like, it's an ensemble. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but he's still the king. He's still a czar. <laughs> I mean, yeah, your character does loom large in the in the series, at least from what I've seen so far. Oh yeah. What about the 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 pivot? I mean, I know it's a different answer for you, Lance, than it is for Roger and Waco. But I guess Lance, start with you. Like, what what does it feel like to pivot from using your stature in live action to then focusing on your voice and the stature of your voice in animation? Well, I mean, I've done, at least in video game I've been, I've, games, I've been doing it quite a bit for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, have, I actually haven't done that much animation before, but, you know, it's interesting because in some ways, you know, I mean, I've been, uh, in, in terms of comedy, it's, it's actually easier to just rely on your voice, at, at least the stuff that I've had to do, because the characters that I've, I've played in Paradise PD and Farzad are so bombastic. But I, I, I know that a lot of the time when I'm working in uh, video games, it's, it's much more difficult because most of that stuff is, is so dramatic and there's a lot of nuance. And without, I'm, you know, I'm just so used to being able to use my face and my body to help express things. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just a different kind of challenge. You know, and then for, for Roger, you know, I, I started by, by drop, name dropping Echo the Clown. Crowley doesn't have a lot of nuance to him. <laughs> Tell me... I mean, because I don't really, I don't really know the full story. Could, so, could you please like fill me in on, on the the pivot and the transition from, you know, breaking out on Stern with with Yucko and then pivoting, the two of you guys met in in college and you were doing sketches. Yeah. Tell me about that the transition from like being known for this one thing to then pivot like why you pivoted to animation and how that all came about. Um. Well. Yeah, Waco and some of his buddies were doing a sketch comedy show in Athens, Georgia, and I was doing the Yucko character in stand-up, and then uh, got on to Howard, and Howard was able to plug the 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 sketch comedy show, and that led to an MTV show, which led to us getting a an agent, which led us to shopping out shows and developing shows. So it was like a, a little step-by-step process over, you know... 10 years we finally sold another show after the MTV show was canceled. So we, and we had an animated segment on our, our MTV show. And then we came up with Brickleberry, which was going to be a live action show itself. Mm-hmm. But we were to have like cars flying off cliffs and it was going to be really crazy. And they're like, why don't you animate this? And we're like, hell yeah. We, you know, we, we were huge fans of the Simpsons. You know, Waco was an animation major here in Georgia so we're just like, yeah, let's let's try an animated thing, and we just turned uh, Brickleberry into animation, and then we we fell in love with the medium. We we learned how to break story. We learned the with Bento Box. We learned all the ins and outs of animation, from animatics to full on animation, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and then we got at Netflix. It sounds like like there's three pivotal three pivotal guys. Three pivotal, talented guys in your arc for both you, Roger, and, and Waco. The first would be Howard Stern, right? The, the second would be Daniel Tosh, because he's the guy who ultimately like helped you get Brickleberry to Comedy Central. Absolutely. And then the third, 
Lance Reddick. That's right. Because he gives you the stature and the legitimacy. Yeah. <laughs> well, that maybe well, that maybe well, Howard couldn't well, give. Right. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we made it to Lance. <laughs> we yeah we we did not know how Lance was gonna like you know he's such a, a stoic stentorian actor and they're like is he gonna say this crazy shit we we sent over the you know the the sides we're like oh man we got to get him but we're like mm-hmm. will he do it will he do it and he did and, and then we so watched well. the Eric Andre show we're like yeah he'll oh do it. that's right yeah. <laughs> yeah he'll do it he'll do that he'll do this. <laughs> Wait, I think I missed that episode. What did you do with What did oh you do with Eric Andre? Uh, what, what, one of the most famous for on that show is the last bit where I do this thing called "I Wish I Were Levar Burton." Mm-hmm. So I, you know, we have the interview, and then I storm off and break his desk, and then they're like, they talk about you know me, and then I come back, and I'm in uh, slave shorts, nothing else, no no shirt, mm-hmm. and, cane, and I've got the vis Jordy's visor from Star Trek and the communicate and the communicator badge. <laughs> Stuck to my chest, and I just started doing this chant. I wish I were Lavar Burton. I wish I were Burton. You know, where's my iconic slave role? And I, you know, and then so, and then I have a tantrum. I say, "Fuck all y'all." And uh, <laughs> yeah, and for years, it's so funny because for years I thought Lavar Burton was mad at me because I'd like tweet something at him on, on Twitter. It would be crickets, mm-hmm. crickets. And then and during the pandemic, I did this. Uh, I was watching this, the Next Generation for the fourth time. And I tweeted something to Michael Dorn about the, the incredible character development he did. And the next day, LeVar Burton, you know, says, I wish there was Lance Reddick. And I was like, <laughs> okay, he's not mad at me. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, you're, you're, you're kind of taking me to school here because I didn't realize, Lance, that, that you are already, like, on board with the whole idea of, of prank comedy, which is like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, I don't know if you've seen uh, uh, Corporate, which is a comedy I did on Comedy Central. For three oh, seasons. right, yeah. Um, which I, I actually was able to do concurrently with while, while I was shooting Bosch. So, and that was, uh, uh, that character is kind of like Renzo. I mean, he's, he's a CEO of a multinational corporation who's a freaking maniac. But Renzo is a whole nother level. Yeah. Great. So tell me, like, you know, it's, it's such a, it's such a strange year in, in the world. It's a strange year in streaming television. You know, everybody's talking about like, what, well, what is even the future of Netflix? But you guys have been through the rigmarole of show business before in different capacities, whether it's acting or, or behind the scenes as creators, showrunners. Everything will be fine. We went through 2008. Yeah. 2008, uh, you know, the industry was over and, you know, nobody had any money for pilots, but comes back. I think Netflix is doing just fine. I mean, they're subscribed. There's the, they're the biggest. You know, I think Wall Street kind of gets it wrong. Uh, I'm buying the stock. I have full confidence Netflix will be back and remain the best streamer. You heard it right here, like Jim Cramer shit. <laughs> <laughs> you, weren't as, you weren't as animated, though, as Cramer. <laughs> so, 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 no. Well, that's for the best. What do you guys love most about animation at this point? I mean, this is your third project, so. Well, yeah, our first project was live action, and I can tell you, yeah. Animation so much better in, in in so many countless ways from the fact that you get multiple chances to improve the episode. Because we do several, like three, four screenings with the whole staff to see which jokes hit, which jokes don't, replace the duds, improve the ones that work. You know, you just you just get so many chances to get it right and keep making it better all the way up until when it airs. 
you don't have to worry about going on shoots or someone forgetting a camera or a battery. You know, it's just more relaxed than, than, well, our, we only had one live action show, super low budget. So maybe some productions are more relaxed than that, but, but compared to our only live action show, animation is uh, just, you know, walk in the park. We love doing it. I guess one of the, one of the main differences about working for a company like Netflix compared to Comedy Central, especially since, you know, you worked for Comedy Central before all of this recent Viacom, CBS, Paramount Plus merging and acquisitions. And oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Dumping of talent is, you know, yeah, because you all work with Comedy Central, but working with Comedy Central, even though it's basic cable, you're, because it's basic cable, you were still kind of dependent upon the ratings and the, the numbers and the revenue. So what is it like working with Netflix where not only do the numbers not matter, you might not even know what the numbers are. You want to take it, Raj? No. (laughs) (laughs) It is nice not to have to check TV by the numbers and get an ulcer. Mm -hmm. Refresh, 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 refresh. What is it? Oh, God, or yay. It is nice not to have to worry about that. Now, we do, the numbers do matter, and we do know the numbers a, a little bit, but nothing like waiting on that rating. Wait, waiting on your share, you know. Next day. Yeah. The day after you air. You're right. Yeah. Every yeah, week that would happen, you know, regularly 13 times you'd have to do that. And it was super stressful. So. Yeah, I guess, Lance, you, you might have had that experience with Fringe. Although. Yeah. First time it was weird. It was, you know, because after coming from HBO, I didn't even know that I was spoiled until I came to a network television, a network series. And I, I, I remember. Uh, after the first or, or second episode aired, I remember uh, Jeff Jackson walking around the set talking about the ratings and what it meant. And I'm like, what, what the ratings mean? Well, um, how, how good is the show? That's all that matters, right? <laughs> I'm like, I, no. Yeah, that, that was just, uh, I, th- th- it was just, it was a, a weird cultural dis- disconnect for me. Yeah, and I guess the other thing I might as well mention since we're talking the day after the Emmy nominations come out is, you know, we were just talking about ratings and how they may or may not matter. Awards, people also put a, you know, in the industry, we put a great deal of emphasis on on the awards. But in the end, like, what really matters to, to each of the three of you in terms of, like, what's the real reward of doing each individual project? I, I got an Emmy uh, down at the souvenir store on Hollywood and Highland. <laughs> No, I mean, the awards are great and everything, and it'd be great to have one one day. But, you know, ultimately, we just we just want to create great content and make people laugh. And that's what well, I, I feel like my calling is anyway. I don't know what. Yeah. Serving the fans, you know, making the fans uh, just enjoy the show and, and maybe bringing a little bit of joy into people's lives when uh, we've all been through a lot, you know, in the past few years. I had a long session with my therapist this morning after I didn't get any nominations. So, I mean, that's still the most important thing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, At my, 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 my experience on The Wire uh, was very sobering uh, in terms of what, what, what I thought all those divorce stuff meant and what they may actually really mean. Um, so, for me, that's <clears throat> nice. To get, it would be nice to be nominated. But um, 
so much of what's in terms of just as an as a, as a as an actor or with your career, what's important about those nominations and winning them is what is 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 how the industry interprets them because it it it, it can determine the kinds of opportunities you get. However, I'm now at a point in my career where I feel like I'm just I'm 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 starting to it's <laughs> sixty I'm starting to live the dream. <laughs> so um, I don't care. So how do you measure success? Is it by people recognizing you on the street? Is it by people like me giving you great critical reviews on websites? Is it is it's, it the next offer that comes down the pike from your agent? Well, there's wow. In the <laughs> well, well, even the what does your therapist tell you? Is the right answer to this question? The question's a little loaded because of the word sure. success, but and how you're going to, you know, what, what it means. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, as it, it, it you know, it's, it's always interesting to me when young people ask me, you know, for tips on becoming successful, because what I feel like they're really asking for, uh, can I get, find out some tricks to become a star as fast as possible? And I feel like the, there's a whole skill set to being a star there's a whole skill set to being an artist, and they're not the same. And in this industry, some people are really good at both. And for me, the most important thing is to be able to consistently do work that I love and I'm proud of, working with great people, and 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 and, and pay all my bills. And and um, and that's happening. Well, I'd like to uh, congratulate and award all three of you for putting up with me <laughs> for twenty minutes and. Uh, <laughs> and answering my questions, I uh, you all, you, all just, you went over. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know that. That's, I saw this temper tantrum because I'm a star. <laughs> <laughs> See, you deserve even more awards for that. So, uh, congratulations and thank you, thank you so thank much. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was post-produced by Alex Brazell at Showbird Studios. Theme music was by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. If you enjoyed listening, please check out my substack called Piffany at piffany.substack.com for transcripts, bonus commentary, and expert analysis about comedy, show business, and more. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.